By Jove, that's a really handsome painting, Holmes. Yes, brushwork is very fine. Painted by uh, Oliver Wynne. Hmm? Uh, yes, yes. I think the model's a very beautiful, Holmes. A most pleasing form, a woman of great fascination. Indeed. You're admiring the painting. Ah, good. Yes, yes, yes. We think it's very fine, but surely you... You You are Sherlock Holmes, are you not? Yes, that is correct. Mr. Holmes, I'm Esther Wynne. I posed for that painting. I think my husband was a very great artist. But, but Mr. Holmes, I'm in great trouble. Please, may I call upon you and ask your advice? I think it may be a matter of life or death. present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. The Model Wife. Holmes and I had found ourselves in the Wigmore Art Gallery more or less by accident. We'd been to book seats for a violin recital and had wandered back to the foyer through the gallery. I was quite used to Holmes being recognized in public, but I was aware that this meeting and the lady's request were most unusual. Naturally, Holmes agreed to help and an appointment was made for early the next day. In fact, we had scarcely finished breakfast when Mrs. Hudson showed in Esther Wynne. I had been impressed by her beauty in the painting, but in real life, Mrs. Wynne was far more impressive. It wasn't just the face and figure or the grace with which she moved and the low husky voice. It was an inner glow that shone through her clear blue eyes, a quiet, controlled animation that gave her personality a compelling sincerity. It was clear that she was, that morning, greatly troubled. Do sit down, Mrs. Wynne. A cup of coffee with sugar will help to put you at your ease. Uh, Watson, would you mind? No, of course not, by all means. Now, madam, pray remove your coat and gloves. For although it is still early in the day, it is quite cold. You will not feel the benefit of outer clothing when you leave, unless you do so. Thank you. Now, tell me what it is that disturbs you so much. Well, it, it, it's so hard to put into words. Now that I'm here, I, I don't know how to begin. Everything you say will be treated with the strictest of confidence, I do assure you. We're used to hearing all manner of secrets within these four walls. Yes, I know, but, but, well, I... It is about your husband, is it not? Your marriage is not the success that you would wish it to be. How did you guess that? Not really a guess. You come here in a state of distress, and I notice that you sit there twisting and twisting your wedding ring around your finger. These latest theories of Sigmund Freud are profoundly revealing. Subconsciously, you are showing concern about the bond between yourself and your husband... Have the disagreements between you now turned to active violence? You, you seem to read my mind, Mr. Holmes. No. I notice the bruises upon your wrists, which even the lace sleeves cannot hide. You have been struggling with someone far stronger than you are. Am I right? Do my deductions help you to say what is on your mind? Yes. Yes, they do. You are correct in your assumptions. When I married Oliver, I was extremely happy. He was gaining recognition as a painter. The future looked promising. Somehow... The same he hoped for didn't materialize. 
Oh, we were able to buy our house down at Great Rylands. We were financially well off. But Oliver just didn't climb to the heights that he aspired to. He has become a, a fashionable portrait painter, but not a great artist. And his disappointment, his frustration began to affect his behavior. He appeared to turn against you. Yes. And then, then he started to become jealous of me. Everything I did was suspect. Everyone I looked at was my friend, not his. If a gentleman danced with me, he thought I was being unfaithful to him. Naturally, I protested. This led to quarrels, and of late it has become worse. Things came to a head about six weeks ago when a, a distant cousin of mine, Matthew Haldane, a young, presentable gentleman, moved into Little Rylands. Of course, I made him welcome to the house. But Oliver couldn't understand. He found us talking on the veranda one evening, and after Matthew left, Oliver seemed to lose his reason. He attacked me viciously. You're at it again, aren't you? And this time you've the nerve to bring your latest man into our house. Oliver, please, please, this is, this is nonsense. You're imagining things. It's not like that at all. Imagining things. Imagining that I saw you break away from each other when I came out here on the veranda. Imagining those guilty looks that passed between you. There were no guilty looks. Matthew was simply embarrassed by your aggressive attitude. Oliver, please, how can you think these things? Matthew is a relative, a, a cousin. Relative, so you say. But have I any proof of that? And even if he is, I don't think that would stop you from flirting with him. You can't keep your hands off him, can you? Please, please. Listen to me. You are my wife. And if you don't stop this carrying on with other men, I'll, I'll kill you. You understand? I'll kill you. That was just the start of it. The start of the violence. Mr. Holmes, I cannot go on like this. My, my husband has turned into a vicious brute. He seizes every opportunity to humiliate me, to strike me. And, and I know his madness is growing. He is planning to kill me. I, I know he is. And I can do nothing. I have no money of my own, no friends, no relatives I can turn to. What am I to do? Who will help me? Mrs. Wynne, you are indeed in a most unhappy position. I think I am quite unable to advise you. You can seek protection from the law only if it can be proved you are in danger. But I cannot see that I can be of any help to you. Look, a family friend, someone who's sympathetic, may be able to intercede. Some near friend of your husband's, whom he respects. There is no such person, Mr. Holmes. Dr. Watson, I... I fear that things will come to a head very shortly. You are the only two I have told this to... You and, and, and Matthew, who naturally questioned me. Matthew has plans. He wants me to leave, Oliver. Simply pack my things and leave him. Matthew has a little money and a country cottage in Cumberland that no one knows about. He says I can go there, stay as long as I wish. Run away? <laughs> will that solve it all? What steps will your husband take to get you back? If he is as, as unstable as you say, I think he will run amok. Well, I, I can't help that. Look, will you come down to Great Rylands? I cannot ask you to the house for obvious reasons, but there is a most comfortable inn called the Anvil. If you could stay for a night or so, I could introduce you to Matthew, and perhaps if there is an opportunity, you could meet my husband. You can judge for yourself if, if I really am in danger. I know it seems as though I'm clutching at straws, but please, this is the one way you can help me. Please? Both Holmes and I have been working rather hard. And so, after a deal of discussion, we agreed upon a weekend in the country. 
And that Friday evening saw us safely installed at the anvil at Grape Rylands. Holmes had always maintained that the best place to meet people in the country was the bar of the pub. He was right. For we'd scarcely ordered our drinks when... Excuse me. Are you Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson? That is correct. We've just arrived here. Uh, you, I take it, are Matthew Faldane, Mrs. Wynne's cousin? Yes. Yes, that's right. How did you guess? No one on these parts knows that we're visiting. Except Esther Wynne. She said she would try to arrange a meeting with you. Ah, uh, I see. She really is in great trouble, Mr. Holmes. Her husband, Oliver, is really going out of his mind. We must find a way of solving all this without anyone being hurt. Have you any suggestions? Well, I think you will agree when you know all the facts and see just how Oliver is behaving. But she must leave that house. Would it not be hard for me to assess this without actually calling at their home? It can be arranged. I can take you there in the morning. I will say that you are friends of mine from London who wish to look at some of his more avant-garde paintings. Those he has been unable to sell. He'll never be able to refuse that request. Very well, that seems a good plan as any. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Holmes. Let me buy the next round of drinks and we can drink to a successful conclusion to this very distressing affair. Your good health. And so, next morning, after a splendid breakfast, Holmes and I walked up the hill to Greystones, the large, ivy-covered house that belonged to Oliver Wynne. Matthew Haldane was waiting at the gates and showed us up the wide driveway to the Georgian entrance. An elderly butler answered the doorbell. Uh, please uh, be so kind, Mr. Winter. Uh, good morning, Mr. Haldane. Good morning, cousin. Mr. and Mrs. Wynne are at home, I hope. Uh, they are in the studio, Mr. Haldane. Would you care to leave your things here, gentlemen, and follow me? Thank you. Uh, uh, this way, please. They started work quite early. I think the master is anxious to complete his latest painting of Mrs. Wynne. Just one moment. Mr. Haldane and some visitors to see you, sir. Some visitors to see you, sir. Mr. Oliver, sir. Sir. Madam. Strange. The door is locked from inside. Here, let me... Esther. Oliver. Is anything wrong? It's Matthew. Open the door. Please, I want to speak to you. It's important. Oliver. Esther. Holmes, something's wrong. You're sure they're both in there, Pearson? Of course. I, I saw them enter myself. The, the outside, the studio windows. Come along. Matthew Haldane led the way out of the house and round the garden to where the specially built studio room jutted out. There were large windows. They were fastened from the inside and the curtains were drawn. But there was a large skylight stretching the length of the room. Matthew climbed up the brick wall and using the ivy was able to lie flat and peer down into the studio. He was there but an instant. Oh, oh, oh no. Holmes, Watson, we've got to get in there. She, she is there. Esther, lying on, on the sofa. And she's dead. Matthew Haldane slithered his way down from his position near the skylight that covered Oliver Wynne's studio. He dropped to the glass and stood up. His face was pale his hands, trembling. He repeated what he had shouted to us a moment before. She, she's lying on the sofa, staring up, looking right at me. But, but her eyes, they're, they're wide and, and unblinking. There's blood on her forehead. She, she is dead. I could tell at a glance. We must break in. Uh, the door, is that the only one into the studio? Yes, the one Pearson showed us. Uh, looked a very solid door. I think it's better to break in through these windows. Uh, stand aside, leave this to me. 
I think I can reach the key from here. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, right, right, that's, that's got it. In we go. Now, the curtain back. Let's get some light in here. Ah, that's better. Yes, you're right, Watson. What do you think? Oh, she's dead. Bullet wounds in the right temple. Here on the floor, small, pearl-handled woman's pistol. Hm. Better not touch it. Haldane, find the butler fellow, Pearson. Don't let yourself out through that door. Go round the way we came. Get Pearson to send for the police immediately, then come back here. We shall want you when they arrive. But, but Esther, Esther, oh, my dearest Esther, this is all my fault. I should have taken you away. Oh, Esther. Haldane, I appreciate the fact that you are shocked and upset, but please do as I say. Go and send for the police. Yes. Yes, of course, I am. I'm sorry. I'll go straight away. It, it's unbelievable. Poor Esther. Poor my... Now, look here, Holmes. This is all very suspicious. After what this woman told us, it's, it's very odd that she should die such a violent death. But, well, look, there's the pistol, and, and there's no one else in the room. All the doors and windows fastened from the inside. Do you think her husband's persecution was imaginary, and that the balance of her mind became so disturbed that, well, she killed herself? Uh, on the face of it, that's how it would appear, but... The question uppermost in my mind is, where is this man, Oliver Wynne? Pearson says that they were both in here. I suppose he could have left without the battle of knowing it. She was in such a state that she locked the doors and windows to prevent interruption and then did away with herself. That's how it is intended to look, Watson. But we must not take things at their face value. Where is Oliver Wynne? Could he have got out of this locked room? Do you remember the Melville Grange case? Hmm? How the murderer got in and out of a locked room by using the secret panel on the veranda door? Yes, yes, I, I, I remember it distinctly. And we must first make sure there is no similar way of getting in and out of this studio. Now, I want to search the place quite thoroughly before the police arrive, or before Haldane gets back. But, uh, Holmes, do, do you think that, that Esther Wynne was telling us the truth? I mean that her husband was so insanely jealous that he would commit murder. I don't know, Watson. If he was jealous, then perhaps he had reason for being so. I think Matthew Haldane's reactions were genuine enough. Uh, they were a little too intimate for a man who was just concerned with a platonic friendship with his cousin. Uh, there's more to this than appears. Very, very much more. But no more speculation, Watson. We must go over this room with the greatest of care. Not one small detail must escape our attention. Come, give me a hand. Together, we searched the studio. It was simply one large room with an alcove containing a sink and cupboards. Then, off to one side, a bathroom and changing room. Holmes studied the main door and then went over all the stonework, even measuring the distances and thicknesses of the walls. He found nothing at all unusual. Matthew Haldane returned and joined in the investigation. It still yielded nothing. We were still hard at it when P.C. Higgs from Great Rylands was shown in. Ah, uh, Constable, I'm afraid this case may be a little outside your usual duties. There is Mrs. Wynne. As you can see, she is dead. The pistol beside her. And the fact that she was alone in this room with all windows and the door locked and bolted from the inside points to suicide. Oh, yeah. I should think it does, but uh, why should the poor soul want to do away with herself? Perhaps her husband will be able to answer that question if you can find, find him. But might I suggest that an urgent call be put out to all your local policemen and that nearby towns are alerted. It's most important that Oliver Wynne is found without delay. Oh, well, I see what you mean. Very well, Mr. Holmes. I'll see that it's done at once. Suicide, eh? Mm, suicide or... Even more horrifying, murder. Murder, but boy, by who and, and how? Two most important questions, and the answer to both of them at the moment is we don't know. But while you're at the police station sending out the alarm, perhaps you'll be good enough to send a telegram to Scotland Yard. I have an idea they may be at help in this. Inspector Gregson knows this part of the world very well. 
He was born and brought up in Oak Park, which is only a few miles from here. He's bound to be interested. Very good, Mr. Holmes. Anything you say? Right. I will write the telegram. And once again, Watson, we must continue our search of this room. We resume the search. Every cupboard was emptied and subjected to very close scrutiny. Holmes, with magnifying glass in hand, went over every shelf and panel. P.C. Higgs came back with some men from Little Rylands, and the body was removed. Still, we continued to go over the room. Holmes was tireless, and only stopped to welcome Gregson when he arrived by special carriage from London. Holmes explained the circumstances most carefully. Uh, look here, Holmes. If the place was locked and bolted from the inside, there was no one in here, no way of him getting out, and it must be suicide. I'm quite sure it wasn't. I'm quite sure that Oliver Wynne carried out his wild threats and killed his wife, staging this to appear as suicide. But, well, how, how did he do it? And, and where is he now? Oh, we've been trying to answer those two questions all day, Gregson. There's only one place we haven't looked, and that's under the floorboards. Oh, but look here. If you're going to pull up the floorboards, it'll take hours, and, and the man can't have escaped that way. I've already studied them. They are polished planks of wood. There's nothing unusual about them, except they are of very high quality. There is only one strange feature, and that is that the floorboards are not placed under the bath in the bathroom. There's a space of about two feet down to the stone foundations. It is empty. It means nothing. That's the only unusual thing I've come across. Uh, after nearly six hours of work, oh, it's getting late and I've had no food. I think, Gregson, we should all go back to the Anvil Inn. I'd like to make one request, though. Constable Higgs, are you prepared to put in a little night work? Stay here in this room and don't leave it until we return in the morning? If that's what you want, Mr. Holmes, sir. And the inspector agrees. Yes. And of course I'll stay in this room. Good man. Come on, Watson. I'm starving. We went back to the inn. And for the rest of that day, Holmes was both silent and restive. It was late. Very late when he suddenly started up from his chair, discarded his pipe and reached for his cloak. We've got to go back, Watson. I have an idea. I've always said that when one has exhausted all the possible explanations for crime, what is left, however absurd and unlikely, it must be the answer. And the answer is, of course, that Oliver Wynne was in that room when his wife died. There was no way that he could leave the room, and so, so he is still there. Come on. Holmes hurried me up the hill to Greystones. To our surprise, we found Matthew Haldane in the grounds. He also could not rest and had returned to the scene of the crime. Then, to our intense surprise, Pearson the butler appeared. Holmes immediately questioned him. Pearson, what are you doing up in here in the hall? It was the constable, Mr. Holmes. Constable Higgs. He's left. I heard movements in the studio. I got up and came down and I saw the constable leaving. Opening the front door and walking down the driveway. What? It can't be. Watson, hold in. Come quickly, the studio at once. We rushed through the house into the studio. It all appeared quite orderly, neat and untouched. Holmes ignored the main room. He hurried into the bathroom and lying face down on the floor, began to tug at the floorboards that ended just under the bath. I, I've been blind, fool, Watson. These, these planks that make up the floor stretch through into the studio. The planks can't be taken up, but at least three of them slide. They, they slide here under the bath to fill this gap and and when this gap is filled there is a space revealed in the studio there that's it now come come and see yeah. Holmes Holmes there's a man there in the in the space beneath the floorboards he's 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 dead stripped of his outer garments strangled I'd say it's Constable Higgs 
His murderer has escaped in police uniform. Oliver Wynn killed his wife and hid himself under the floorboards, drawing them across over himself. So he lay there all the time we carried out our investigations. Then when Higgs stayed here alone, he got out, killed Higgs, and took his uniform as a disguise. Quickly, Watson, we must get Gregson to raise the alarm. Every man in the country must be out to catch a murderer in a police constable's uniform. Holmes, I, I think I know where he will have gone. To my home, my cottage. It's clear that the man is crazy, as cunning as a fox. But he's tasted blood, and having killed two people, he'll think nothing of killing a third. Me. He knew of my feelings for Esther. He'll be out to kill me now. Please, get Gregson to throw a cordon of men round my cottage. And we will catch him. I know we will. We did exactly as Matthew Haldane asked. Under the supervision of Inspector Gregson, every available man was called upon. And aided by the darkness, we surrounded Haldane's cottage. He was right. Oliver Wynne was lurking in the grounds. The men closed in. Come on out, Wynne. We know you're there. You can't escape. You'll never take me alive. Never. Never. Taken the easy way out. Come on, men. No need for caution any longer. And so that was that. But Holmes was a very miserable and depressed man. He counted this case amongst his few failures. I should have worked it out two hours earlier, Watson. I could have saved that constable's life. <sighs> Write this down as a bitter failure, Watson. I did my best, but for once my best was not good enough. Come, let's go home. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.